Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick them up at your local TGS checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Fun fact, I was talking with a national media member who is in town for the series he said he's going to the Green Solution. I kid you not. After we got out of Nuggets practice today. So check out the Green Solution. Uh, their reviews are great. And obviously, it's a hit when you're coming in from out of town. Here's the winning Christian Clark here on a Friday. Brand new edition of the show. Here's what we got on tap today. We just came from Nuggets practice. Their first one that was open to media ahead of game one of the playoffs beginning Saturday here in Denver. So we'll share some thoughts on that, what we saw happen uh, just over here at Pepsi Center a few moments ago. Also, we've got a ton of listener questions to get to. You guys came aggressive in the Total Beverage Fan Hotline inbox over the last few days. So we will get to a bunch of questions. I think we got five or six to get to. Hitting a wide range of topics here uh, ahead of a game one Saturday. It's almost here, almost 24 hours to go until the Nuggets and Spurs face off at Pepsi Center. Game one of the playoffs. First time the playoffs have been in town since uh, 2013. So should be fun. Should be an incredible environment. I'm predicting just an unbelievable crowd Saturday at Pepsi Center. Before we get to what we saw at practice day, did we want to start with our a daily segment of what the hell is going on in Lakerland. Would that be a good place to kick off again? I'm always ready for what the hell is going on in Lakerland. Today in Los Angeles, the Lakers still haven't hired a president of basketball operations. They part ways with Luke Walton. The guy I thought they should get as their GM, David Griffin, winds up in New Orleans. This is a good day for Nuggets fans uh, based on what's happening in L.A. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I was... It seemed almost inevitable that 
whenever Magic Johnson stepped down, the Lakers would part ways with Rob Polinka. They they just clean house and and bring in somebody with a proven track record. Uh, well, that's what you would want to do in a situation like this. Yeah, that would be ideal, I would say. But I mean, it doesn't look like the Lakers are going to go in that direction. I mean, maybe they still could, but. Ramona Shelburne reported that Palenka's influence is only going to grow uh, from here on out. I mean, maybe if if they got a president of basketball operations, you know, someone good, he'd want he'd want to fill out his own staff. So I don't think it's a for sure thing, but not looking great, Bob. You would also think that you'd want to get a president of basketball operations uh, in place before deciding on the future of your head coach, right? because that seems like a job that a president of basketball operations would want some kind of say in, but we'll see. It seems like Rob Polinka is getting more and more power by the day. I mean, by Monday show, he could be the Pobo. Yeah. I mean, the, the second or third interview in with whoever the next executive is going to be, is going to be, Hey, are you cool with Ty Lue? <laughs> I know. How long are we away from them hiring Ty Lue? I mean, hours, days, Oh, man. I feel like by the time the Nuggets and Spurs tip off Saturday, Ty Lue could already be entrenched as the Lakers head coach. Do you think they're kicking around the, is J.R. Smith uh, available question right now? J.R. Smith. Well, he's definitely Mello, available, but. I mean, who are some of LeBron's other guys out there that they could get? Do you think James Jones would come out of retirement as general manager of the Suns and run it back one more time? What's Mario Chalmers doing? Is he even healthy? Was he even in the league last year? I think he had like a little thing with Memphis maybe. Is he is he alive? Is he walking? Is he able to play? LeBron, we called Mike Miller, but he seems pretty content uh, as helping out in Memphis. I know Juwan Howard was like getting floated for a couple head coaching gigs, but could he be like the Lakers' twelfth man next year? I don't know. I feel like all cards are on the table. The Lakers don't want to be anything like the Cavs. We did not want to emulate what Cleveland did with LeBron. We're going to have playmakers off the ball. We're not going to have shooters. We're not going to make LeBron do everything. Well, they're turning into the Cavs again. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm shocked because, I mean, that formula they had in Cleveland obviously worked. I don't know if it'll work with a 34, 35-year-old LeBron, but I guess we'll see. Well, hopefully you can hire somebody that understands that shooting is important in today's NBA, especially when you have the greatest driver of the basketball and NBA history on your team. Yeah, shooting would be nice. Shooting would be nice to have about Lebr- around LeBron. Anyways, we just came from the Nuggets' first practice that was open to the media ahead of game one here. I believe they practiced, or at least they got in the facility on Thursday. The Spurs are not in town yet. They practiced Friday in San Antonio. They're getting in later today. Uh, so nothing from Popovich in Denver uh, this morning. But I did see he had some interesting comments back in San Antonio about how experience is a bit overplayed come playoff time. And we've got a couple calls on that. So we'll get to that topic in a moment. Any observations from practice today? Anything stick out to you besides just the incredible amount of people congregating at Pepsi Center this morning? Well, that was definitely the most media I've ever seen for a practice at Pepsi Center. I mean, you almost couldn't breathe in that in that room right before you went onto the practice court. I mean, I think that's cool. I'm I'm glad the story in Denver right now is the Denver Nuggets. This is an exciting time. I'm going to be going to my first playoff game since 2011. It's going to be real fun. I expect that place to just be a, a freaking madhouse. Um, as as for observations, you know, talking to the players and coaches. I don't know. It seemed like pretty much the same mood as as it was after the regular season finale against Timberwolves, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. 
nothing has really changed from the players' perspectives, at least. That's what we can gather. I mean, of course, things are going to be different. Jamal Murray said, of course, preparation and the film work you do is a little different ahead of a playoff series as compared to just a regular season. But I think one of my big takeaways from maybe just this practice and just the overall vibe I get around the team, Denver's confident right now. They see Popovich. They see the Spurs on the other side of the floor, but they're confident and they're going into this series expecting to win and thinking they can win. Yeah, I think they have a healthy amount of respect. I mean, yeah. no player you know, has as much respect for Greg Popovich as Nikola Jokic. There aren't many. I mean, he, he loves that guy. He's called him a basketball genius after a game this year. So I think there is a healthy respect, but I agree that they, they do seem confident. And honestly, they should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they just have a lot more talent. Just just look up and down the rosters. I mean, one and two in San Antonio and one and two in Denver. I mean, I think Denver Clear is the best player in the series, but yeah, I would say that that's fairly close. But after that, you know, three, four, five, six, it's it's clear that Denver has a talent advantage in this series. Yeah, they definitely have a talent advantage. When you're looking at the coaches, Popovich, he's been there, done that. Five rings. Mike Malone joked after the last game, Pop has five rings. Mike Malone has one wedding ring. You know, so we don't know what Michael Malone's going to be in the playoffs. And I think that's one of the fascinating storylines to watch as this series develops. We know what Popovich is going to be. And, and I want to get to a question right now from the Total Beverage fan hotline about Popovich and you know, what our thoughts are on him and some of the things he might throw Denver's way. So let's go to the hotline right now. Nuggets. Hey, guys, this is Frank from... Fort Collins, uh, I'm still on edge from last night in the game they pulled out. Um, hasn't been pretty and hasn't been over the last few weeks, but, man, it's, uh, what an exciting season this has been. Last time we got 54 wins was uh, 10 years ago, and Chauncey and Carmelo and Nene and Kenyon Martin and the rest took us uh, to the Western Conference Finals, so I'm hoping that's a good omen we can get back there, but um, I'm not going to put up my mortgage payment against that or anything like that but um uh it's just been a tremendous season one of the one of the best ones i can remember and i can think back to the 09 season and even in the late 80s um with uh michael adams and fat lever and that group um so we don't get to this point as often and for for whatever reason this seems more realistic that we and, and more serious and not that I wasn't a believer in 2013, but um, this just seems different to me, kind of like it did in 2000, 2009, uh, eight, 2008, 2009 Western Conference Finals year. Um, it seems like that and not to 2013 year. Um, I just didn't think that that team uh, had what it took to get that far. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm extremely excited. My question is um, the first challenge is the Spurs. Popovich is probably the best coach of all time. He's going to throw things we're not um, expecting, maybe. Try to confuse the young team that's not been there before. Tell his guys to be more physical. Who knows? Um, Double-team Jokic early and then change the perspective and uh, make Jamal um, come off the pick-and-roll and go underneath and make him hit a shot like he did in the first game that we lost in San Antonio. Um, what do the Nuggets need to do to prepare for that unexpected um strategies that might come up uh, what can we do to 
to prepare and then how can uh, they um, get in the mindset that they have to get going quicker. It's just been slow starts and almost slow finishes and they got to get out of this funk and play like they're capable. And that's what's almost more exciting as I know that over the last several weeks they have not played up to their capacity. They kind of peaked early in the season and hasn't continued. But what do they need to do? Just curious on your thoughts. Uh, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Go Nuggets. Thanks, Frank, for the call. I think you brought up some good points there. The Popovich factor, it's just kind of looming over this series, I feel like. He's got such an imposing presence because of his accolades and just kind of his cloud around the league, and he's kind of intimidating as well. He's like 6'2 and scary as shit to talk to. Yeah, he looks like uh, 200 years ago, he would have been a great captain on a whaling ship. Yes. That ship would have killed a lot of whales. Yes. I wrote about this today, though, on bsndenver.com. And we've actually got a great deal going on for subscriptions. $34.99 for a one-year subscription. You also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. So make sure to check that out. bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. But I wrote about this morning five points on the Nuggets game plan that they've got to follow to a T if they want to win this game one. And, And game one is absolutely crucial. I went back and looked at the 2018 playoffs. And Christian, did you know that The winner of game one last year in the playoffs won 12 out of the 15 total series. Hot damn. It's a crazy statistic. So if Denver wins game one, probably bodes well for them going forward. If they lose game one, things will get tricky, especially with how poor they've been in San Antonio. But when Popovich throws stuff at the Nuggets, which he will, most of all, Denver just has to remember what got them to this point. They've got to remember that They've won 54 games this season. They've got to remember that they're a top 10 offense and top 10 defense. They've got to remember that they've got one of the 10 best players in the league. And according to Bleacher Report, I think they ranked Jokic as the fifth best player in these playoffs. They've got to remember they've got an MVP candidate there. They can't tense up. They can't panic when something gets thrown at them from one angle or another. They've just got to remember what got them here. And they've got to lean on that, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if San Antonio is going to get this series, there's just going to be a, a gulf in coaching. And I, I, I think Michael Bologna is going to rise to the occasion, which is one of the reasons why I expect Denver to win this series. But yeah, I mean, there is this mystique around Popovich. I mean, the Athletic wrote a story today, uh, Jabari Young, their, their Spurs writer, and the premise was, you know, Popovich is the greatest coach of all time. What does it take to get the better of him in the playoffs? There are a lot of good details in this one. You know, I, I see two things with, with Pop and Pop coach teams. He's not afraid to, to do anything. Like, he might just throw a random zone at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Rivers mentioned this story that in a playoff series, he'll play someone that he hasn't played in a month. So hmm. he's not afraid. Dante to- Cunningham. That's who it's going to be. <laughs> Dante Cunningham. Because the Spurs, five of the Spurs, this is also my piece this morning, five of the Spurs' top nine guys in their rotation shoot 37% or more from three-point range. Like, the Nuggets have two. Monte Morris and Malik Beasley. Jamal Murray just missed the cut. 37%. Dante Cunningham also shoots like 40% from three, but I didn't include him because he doesn't play a ton. He doesn't play regular rotation minutes. Anyways, that would be my pick if you're looking for a guy like that. Well, yeah, the Spurs, they don't shoot a lot of threes. I think they're actually last in attempts, but they make them when they do shoot them. Right. They are last in three-point attempts per game, first in three-point percentage. Yeah. So, you know, the the Popovich throwing a curveball factor, I, 
I think is there. The Nuggets just just have to stay ready for anything, as Nikola Jokic said. And I thought this was interesting from Michael Malone too. He, he said this earlier this season before a regular season matchup against the Spurs. You can know what they're calling, but the the Spurs plays work so well because they just execute so well. Like you can know what's coming, and mm-hmm. they'll still beat you just because they're going to be so precise in everything they do, and, and they have counters too. But the one thing I also looked at in this article on BSNDenver.com. The Spurs have thrown a zone at the Nuggets a couple times throughout the year. There's been some other teams that have thrown a 2-3 zone at teams and at Denver before. Dallas has done it. Miami has done it as well. The Heat did that in that game down in Miami, I think, back in February. But I would expect the Spurs, like they did in this last matchup to start the fourth quarter, to throw a 2-3 matchup zone at Denver from time to time for a couple reasons. One... Because in this last game at the start of the fourth quarter, it worked for a few possessions. If you go back and watch this last meeting between the Nuggets and Spurs, fast forward to the fourth quarter, the the first four or so possessions, the Spurs are in this 2-3 zone that's kind of masquerading as like a 3-2 matchup type thing. And they're almost playing like a pack line defense, like Virginia plays in college where they just shrink under the three-point line, make you shoot threes, takeaway drivers, and just really guard the ball at the point of the attack. And it worked in this game against Denver for a few possessions. The Nuggets just passed the ball around the top of the key for a few a few moments, couldn't get the ball in the paint, and just settled for these pretty inefficient, inefficient three-point shots and turned the ball over a couple times. And also, I think they might go to it because Denver has quietly been a very average three-point shooting team this season. And since the All-Star break, I believe they're 23rd in three-point percentage. So, I mean, this goes back to the discussion of will they double Jokic and whatnot and try to get the Nuggets to beat them from the three-point line. I think a 2-3 zone is something the Nuggets could face. And the key against that is just don't panic. Yeah, I mean, Jokic is a great zone buster there in the middle. I think the Spurs are, are going to have to rely on just a lot of smoke and mirrors on, on defense if, if they want to win this series because this is not typical for a Spurs team, but this one was not a good defensive team. They, they yeah. finished 20th in defensive efficiency. I think if you just play Denver straight up, then you know that, that tilts the series in Denver's favor. I think you know mixing in those opportunistic double teams on Jokic, you know, swiping in from the side when he's starting to make his move, and maybe throwing in some zone here and there is is probably what you want to do when you're San Antonio because if if this is just straight up uh, vanilla defense, then I think Denver is just too smart and too good for that. Could you even think about a better two three zone buster than Nikola Jokic? I like mean, if you're crafting a two three guy to break up a zone at the nail at the free throw line. I don't think you could design a player better for that role than Nikola Jokic. I mean, if the Spurs are playing a zone and Jokic is on the bench, I would sub Jokic into the game, plan him at the nail, get the ball to him, because if you get him in the middle of a zone, it's going to be over. Yeah, a great mid-range shot from 15 feet or so and can make any pass and can see over the top of a defense. Yeah, uh, and then you just, I guess you want that uh, that kind of uh, baseline runner guy too. Right. That's the other key of it. Yeah, that could be Plumley. That could be Paul Millsap. A bunch of guys could fill that role. Um, yeah, so so we'll see what the what Popovich throws the Nuggets' way. I think it's going to be fascinating, and also to see how uh, the Nuggets kind of counter. But most of all, Denver just can't forget what got them here. They can't panic. They've just got to stick to their 
philosophies, the .5 mentality, which we've covered at length this season on offense. And look, I'm in a tough, top 10 defense all year. Uh, so they've just got to be confident in that, and I think they will be. I want to get to a question about what do we think we'll learn about the Nuggets in the playoffs. First, though, quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee, as you guys know, it's a game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all natural. It is not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we cannot recommend it anymore. Check it out for yourself today, and you will receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2019. You'll get it shipped straight to your door as well. All right, I want to go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, get to a question about what we think we might learn about the Nuggets in this playoff matchup against the Spurs. Hello, this is Corey from Florida. Just clinched that two seed, and it's been an amazing ride this season, man. The Nuggets have come such a long way. This team is still very young. You can see them growing up before our eyes. My question is, what are we about to witness in this these playoffs? What do you expect um, in the first round? I guess the progression of the series to be, because you got matchups like Jokic on Aldridge, Derek White, Jamal Murray, um, and and other different matchups. Uh, Paul Millsap on probably Rudy Gay or something like that. Like it, it's crazy. But what do you expect the Nuggets? What do you expect the Nuggets to learn as a team, as a young squad, um, through this playoff experience? Appreciate all the content you guys put out. And go Nuggets. All right, thanks, Corey. Throw this to you. Do you think we're going to learn a lot about this team, win or loss, in in this series against the Spurs here? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, does Nikola Jokic have another gear? That's that's one of the biggest talking points around this series, and him specifically. I think there's a lot of skepticism um, league-wide whether whether Jokic does have another gear that he can access. I, I'm I'm pretty optimistic that he does. I'm, I'm about the biggest Nikola Jokic believer there is out there. So I, I think he's going to rise to the occasion, but, I mean, that's definitely going to be one of the things I'm watching for. Yeah, I agree. That's going to be fascinating. And we've seen it in big games before, him rise to the occasion. Game 82 last season in Minnesota, of course, he was incredible. He outplayed Carl Towns. Denver lost that game, of course. He's come up in big game after big game. But as many are quick to remind me, those games haven't been playoff games. And I think this is a pretty favorable favorable matchup for him. I mean, the Spurs, they can throw a lot of tricks out there to, to try to slow him, but... I mean, they don't have any overwhelming athletes, particularly yeah. in their in their front court. I mean, he's just got to be able to score on the Marcus Aldridge or, or Pirtle if, if he's matched up one-on-one. Jokic translating his game into the playoffs has been such a hot-button issue, I feel like. I don't know if you read Ben Golliver's piece in the Washington Post about the Nuggets this morning, but he spoke to Tim Connolly, who had a pretty revealing quote in there about how 
a guy with Jokic's skill set, how he can score the ball, how he's arguably the best passer in the league, how he can shoot the three, how he gets everybody involved, how good of a rebounder he is. I mean, Connolly was going on about how ridiculous it is, and he, he was being very transparent that there are doubts about how Jokic's game will translate into the playoffs. And granted, you didn't hear me mention defense in any of those things I just rattled off other than rebound and rebounding. And defense is kind of the one issue that everybody is wondering about when it pertains to Jokic. And I'm with Connolly in the sense that offensively, I mean, he should be an absolute beast come playoff time. There's no reason to believe that he won't be the best player on the floor in this first round series, potentially in the second round series, depending on how healthy Paul George is or Damian Lillard. I think Jokic could outplay Lillard in a playoff series, but offensively, I don't think you should be worried. Defensively, there are questions for sure. Uh, so I think it's going to tell us a lot about Jokic. I agree with that. I'm I'm not too worried about him offensively, and I'm not terribly worried about him defensively in this series either because the Spurs, I'm, they're, they're pretty efficient scoring the basketball in the regular season, but they're not a team that is really going to just spread you out and yeah. make you play in space. This isn't like a Houston Rockets, this uh, isn't Brooklyn Nets. Tra- or Trailblazers. Yeah, they, they just don't have like those elite pick-and-roll burners that – or rim runners, for that matter, they they could make Jokic kind of look silly defensively. I mean, yeah, if the Nuggets were to make it to the Western Conference Finals and match up against the Rockets or the Warriors, obviously, yeah, I would be really worried about Jokic defending in space. I'm, I think that's something he's going to continue to have to work on. But offensively, no, I'm I'm not that concerned. Do you think we're going to learn anything about Jamal Murray in this series? Because one of the storylines that a lot of guys spoke about at practice today is the fact that Denver doesn't have any experience, a lot of playoff experience, except for Paul Millsap, Isaiah Thomas, who I don't envision playing in the playoffs, and you know, Mason Plumley. Will Barton's played a couple playoff games here and there and back in Portland. Um, the one guy I'm not worried about is Jamal Murray. I feel like when the bright lights come on, he's going to be great. I don't think he's really going to have his confidence affected if he bricks a couple shots to to begin game one. I think he's still going to be the same confident player that we've seen for the last couple of seasons. What do you think about Murray? Because I'm not worried about him. I think it's true that you do get get a good feeling when the Nuggets go into high-pressure games that that Jamal Murray's going to deliver. He was another guy who was pretty excellent in that, that game 82 against Minnesota Timberwolves last year. He had a lot of big shots in the fourth quarter. Murray, mentally, I mean, his approach is so impressive. That's something he kind of honed with his dad growing up. So, yeah, I, I, I have a lot of faith in Murray. And I might th- I might be with you that I'm, I'm least worried about him uh, as any player on this roster, really. I mean, Paul Millsap, too, I guess you right. can lump in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's done it before. Yeah. Yeah, no worries about Millsap. Not worried about Murray. I mean, it's hard envisioning a guy like Gary Harris shrinking from the moment. And then the young guys, I mean, you have it in the back of your mind. that They haven't been there before, but it's not like those guys have shrunk from many moments this season. But you know, then again, the playoffs is different. We, we don't really know what to expect a lot. Um, so I, I think we're going to learn a ton about this team, though, uh, how they can lock down defensively when it matters. They've been the best fourth quarter defense in the league by a mile this season. 
I'm curious to see if that can translate at all to the playoffs. And yeah, what Jokic can do defensively. I think you were spot on when you said he's probably not going to be tested as much defensively as a guy who can guard the pick and roll in space in this series against the Spurs like he would be against Portland or against Golden State or Houston. But, you know, that time could come if Denver advances. Let's hit one more question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline before we hit this last break. And I want to remind you guys, if you've got questions for the show, reactions after this game one against the Spurs, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. That's the number to call. Leave your takes. Leave your questions for the show. If you've never called before, it's just an answering machine. So leave your name and leave where you're calling from. Let's go back there right now. Hey, guys. Steve from Boulder. What an incredible win. I mean, really. Uh, I was so frustrated that they got down and they wouldn't actually get it into the paint, but they kept trying the three-point. It just wasn't falling. But alas, the fourth-quarter defense came through, and they held the Timberwolves to 16 points and came off with a stunning win. But I really want to ask you, going into the playoffs, I feel like one of the main themes ever since the All-Star game has been the lack of consistency with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they look so flat for most of this game. And it's been such an up-and-down second part of the season. I know Isaiah Thomas and the, trying to get him into the rotation uh, took some kind of the mojo out of the Nuggets for a while when they are trying to figure out if that would work, and it didn't work. But they've been without him for a while. And even with the current rotations, there still seems to be some sort of lack of consistency. And I'm just wondering if, if you have any ideas about what they can do going to the playoffs to be a more consistent Denver, Denver Nuggets basketball team. Okay, love you guys. Uh, go Nuggets. Let's do it in the playoffs. All right, thanks for the call, Steve. I've got a couple thoughts on this because consistency has been such a theme all year and consistency wins out in the playoffs. All great championship teams and contenders year after year, most of all, they're consistent. And, and the Nuggets haven't been that this year. I mean, I always think back to the beginning of the season, how'd they win games on the defensive end of the floor? The offense really didn't come along until the first after the first couple months of the year. Then their offense really started to peak in the middle portion of the season, I felt like, and their defense kind of trended downwards. It looked like the defense of last year. Since the All-Star break, it's been the defense again. So the Nuggets haven't really had a ton of stretches this year where they've had a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense at the same time. Of course, it averages out to where they've had both their offense and defense finish in the top 10, which I think is really impressive. But rarely have they had both of those things clicking at the same time, how big of a worry for you is just their lack of consistency heading into the postseason? Not really. I mean, I think the biggest reason they weren't terribly consistent is they were dealing with so many injuries. I mean, sure. They were among the most injured teams in basketball. So I think it's just hard when you don't have your, your top eight guys you plan on going into the season available most nights. Then it's just going to be, be tough to be the absolute best version of yourself. And 
the Nuggets just found ways to win games this season. I mean, it, it was really impressive, all, all the different ways they're able to win this year. And it's kind of crazy to think that, I mean, we, I don't think we've seen their best basketball with the, this group yet because, I mean, the starting five has, has played pretty well together. We spent all summer talking about how they would just be nails, but it feels like, you know, Gary Harris is starting to come around. Will Barton has, has kind of struggled. It still feels like we could see the the best version of the 2018-19 Nuggets come playoff time. Yeah, that's a good point. We haven't, man. And the injuries have really robbed us of what I thought was the second best starting five in the league, uh, potentially behind the Warriors. And, you know, the numbers don't look great with Cousins there. So I still do think if everybody had been healthy, if Will Barton and Gary Harris and, and Millsap had stayed healthy throughout the whole season – this starting lineup still would have posted crazy numbers. And Denver, I mean, they got 54 wins. Man, if this team had been healthy, we could be talking about a 60-win season. And I agree. We just haven't seen this team in the type of rhythm they're capable of, uh, which is really too bad. One thing I would like to see the Nuggets do more of, and a big worry I have about this team heading into the playoffs is the fact that the Nuggets don't get to the line a ton, you know, and everybody's probably thinking, oh, the refs have it out against the Nuggets. Denver doesn't get a friendly whistle a lot, but they also just don't attack as much as they should. They settle a lot. And that's something Michael Mullen has brought up too when talking about the team's three-point struggles. He says when that shot isn't going, we need to attack more. We can't settle. And Denver, they average just 21 free throw attempts per game. That's what they did this season. 25th in the league. You know, San Antonio is right above them at 24th, but Denver's going to have to get to the line more, I feel like, especially in San Antonio where the offense could be hard to come by. I, I think that's a pretty good point, and I think that's why it's going to be important for guys like Gary Harris and Will Barton, guys who are capable of, of going downhill and slashing a little bit yeah. to get to the line. I mean, just think about it. The, the free throw is, is just such an efficient shot. I mean, even a 75% free throw shooter, that's that's 1.5 points per possession, which right. is just freaking awesome. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, it's really important to, to get to the free throw line. Uh, it's a key to having an efficient offense, really. And the Spurs are just a smart team. That's kind of one of their hallmarks is they're able to play without fouling. Yeah, especially in the playoffs, getting to the line is going to be so huge. That will help out the offense. It will also help out the offense if Denver can shoot more consistently from three. A bottom 10 three-point shooting team after uh, the all-star break here, like I mentioned earlier, I think Monte Morris and Malik Beasley, the only two guys on the Nuggets shooting above 40%. I believe the only two guys shooting above 37%. Jamal Murray is a tick below 37% this season. So, uh, that's a reason for the inconsistent offense. The injuries, like you said, and uh, they just haven't had that sustained success from the three-point line. We got two more questions to get to on this Friday edition of the show. Let's hit a break real quick. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. 
Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. First, Paul Millsap was the team's second best player this season. He's found his rhythm with his teammates and is really the team's quiet leader. Uh, I don't think his teammates emulate his physical toughness, and that was a shortcoming this season. Uh, They need to be more stout. He looks good to go as the starting power forward next season. Two, neither Gary Harris nor Will Barton are fully recovered from their injuries, and it showed in their field goal percentage drop-off and the lack of explosion at the rim. Uh, Gary showed us some sparks of the player I love in the last 10 days of the season, however. Barton's decline, though, has been precipitous. Still, no reason to think both can have solid bounce-back seasons next year. Third, the relatively low number of free throws taken per game by the team is a concern, as is the team's free throw percentage. They're 25th in the league in number of free throws attempted per game, averaging 20.9 and 20th in the league in percentage at 75%. If they're 10th in the league in attempts, they'd have 23.9 free throws. And similarly, if they were 10th in percentage, they'd be at 79%. That all would add up to 2.3 more points per game, and then increase from 20th in scoring to 13th. And finally, there were so many close games won in the final minutes of regulation, sometimes with improbable shots. There are so many wins on the second night of a back-to-back. There are so many wins in the first half of the season when the squad was depleted by injury, and only Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were there night in, night out, to lead the team to a shorthanded victory, really for several months. There was player growth, particularly Monte Morris and Torrey Craig. And there was bewildering players playing, most notably Juancho Gomez. Thanks for the call, Ranchman. You were coming in sounding like you were underwater there, so I had to cut off some parts of your question that were hard to hear. I like what you said about Millsap, though. I thought Paul had an interesting quote at practice today. He said, when asked about advice for the young Nuggets heading into the playoffs, those guys without playoff experience, he said, quote, don't overthink it. At the end of the day, you've just got to go out there and play basketball. The scout is the scout referring to the scouting report. Just don't overthink playing basketball. Don't second-guess yourself. Just get out there and play ball. That kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Nuggets just have to remember what got them here. Yeah, if they don't get mentally rattled, they're going to win this series. Like Mm -hmm. If they they don't get psyched out, the the talent is just so superior. Uh, I also asked Millsap about Jokic 
you know, kind of in that same vein, Jokic just just not losing his cool. Um, Millsap said that Jokic has done a much better job of, of staying composed since that Wizards game. I mean, to be fair, the Utah game was kind of weird. I mean, Jokic didn't like scream or yell, but I don't know. He didn't. He didn't bring his A game. But here's what Millsap had to say. I think he's been preparing for it, especially the past few games mentally. I think he's at a place where he can just go out there and play basketball and not worry about those things. The past few games, he's shown he wasn't rattled by missed calls or somebody being physical with him, so it'll be fun. I think Michael Malone, you know, kind of calling out Jokic after that Wizards game and him getting tossed was was probably a good thing and a reminder a couple weeks before the playoffs that that kind of behavior is unacceptable. So that's definitely going to be one of the, the biggest things I'm watching for if couple calls don't go Jokic's way or or they're really trying to beat him up inside is is he able to just stay within himself yeah I agree how he handles his emotions is going to be huge I think Millsap is going to be big in the playoffs too just from a leadership standpoint and just from the standpoint of he'll be the steady hand I think on both ends of the floor when I write a book about the Nuggets championship season next summer um, not this coming summer but the summer after the 2019-2020 season a chapter in the book will be about the meeting that Paul Millsap had with Nikola Jokic last year after Millsap came back from an injury and pretty much said, don't worry about getting me touches. You know, you are our system. You're what's gotten us here. We're going to go with you. Just don't worry about me and just do you on the offensive end of the floor. That was a seminal moment, I think in Jokic's development into an all-star center. And I feel like coming from Paul Millsap, a four-time all-star, I gave Nikola Jokic a ton of confidence and confidence that has carried over into this season. I mean, what Paul Millsap has done for this team uh, behind the scenes and on the court, we could go on for episodes and episodes about it. Uh, but just the impact he has had on Jokic, like you said, from a standpoint of keeping his emotions in check and also based on how Jokic has developed on the court, it's been understated probably. Totally agree with that. That was a a really significant moment last year when Melissa basically just said, yeah, you got the reins, big fella. Um, I think that gave Jokic a lot of confidence. Anytime he's been asked about playing with Melissa, he's quick to point out just how humble he is and and how much about winning he is. And he was coming here as a four-time all-star. So I think Paul Millsap definitely helped Jokic realize what he could be in this league, which is you know, top five, top seven player. I heard Ranchman mention Wancho's name there. I couldn't really get at what, what he was asking. Will we hear from Wancho or Hernan Gomez at all this playoffs? Well, we said Pop will throw a guy out there who hasn't played in a month. I mean, you know, Wancho's been in there sparingly, but uh, probably not. Oh, come on, man. Burst my, bu- be a bus burst my bubble like that. We need a, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on this podcast. You're allowed to say it. We need a launch explosion. <laughs> we need one. I'm holding out hope. He was hitting threes at the end of practice today. Well, there was a launch explosion. I was going back and watching that first game of the year, December 26th, when the Spurs were doubling Jokic every time and he was struggling. Wancho had six threes in that game. Right. It was a good reminder that, oh, God. This is what a launch explosion looks like. Yeah. It's been so long. It's been a while. All right, we got one more question to get to on today's show. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now. What up, guys? This is EJ Holloway from Jacksonville, Florida. Just calling in. Um, 
super excited for the playoffs, playing the San Antonio Spurs. If this doesn't make us a better team in the end, I don't know what will. Um, you know, a lot of people would say due to the inexperience that we're screwed. I mean, going against a Greg Popovich team might be one of the last things that you would want. The thing is, during the regular season, we hit two and two on this series with San Antonio. And I feel like that gives us a great balance and probably one of the better matchups in the Western Conference uh, for this round one of the playoffs so far. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited that we're playing San Antonio. I know that DeMar DeRozan, you, you know what? He hasn't necessarily had the best season. I'd be more concerned with LaMarcus um, Aldridge down low. Um, I believe Pal Gasol is still there. Um, we have issues with bigs on most Western Conference teams, but we have home advantage, and we finished with the best home record in the league since Milwaukee dropped their game last night. So um, just a lot of great things to talk about, to think about, and to love about this uh, Denver Nuggets team. We're golden, guys. Um, anywho, so uh, I wanted to ask, this series against San Antonio, what are you looking forward to most? Um, I assume that Paul Millsap's experience in the playoffs, uh, bar none, more than the rest of the team, um, should help. And uh, obviously we got Isaiah Thomas. I'm hoping uh, he doesn't have any minutes. I, I would assume Malone will go maybe uh, eight, nine, ten deep at most. Um, I'm looking for Tory Craig to be the last person off the bench to get minutes. Uh, I'd say maybe... 12 to 15 minutes tops no more than that um you know and and we'll see how we do but this is the healthiest the nuggets have been and i'm looking forward to this matchup anywho uh thank you for your time you guys are doing a great job love the denver nuggets podcast here on bsn and have a great day go nuggets thanks for the call ej thanks for calling in all season man appreciate it let's talk about the end of the rotation nine-man rotation is that still what we're thinking for the playoffs here with Tory being that ninth guy at maybe, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on the game. Yeah, I, I think they'll go nine deep. I think Tory's going to play in this series for sure. How big of a factor do you think he's going to be? Is he a guy who you stick on DeMar DeRozan, who's hurt the Nuggets this year? Uh, from, from the field, he's had a pretty efficient showing against Denver, but then again, DeRozan hasn't always been the best playoff performer going back to his days in Toronto. Do you think Tory could have a big role there? I think a lot of it's going to depend on really how Will Barton looks. Yeah. Because um, Will Barton has struggled a lot down the stretch. I mean, let's be honest. So if if Will Barton continues to, to really struggle like that, then I think that's going to open up a, a lot more playing time for Malik Beasley and Tory. That's a good point. Malik Beasley, he's also looked great against the Spurs this season. One of the guys who's really shot it consistently from three. I'm curious to see how he looks. Curious to see how much Malone looks to his bench. And typically in the playoffs, you're going to play your starters more and your bench less. I do wonder, though, because the bench has been such a big part of what the Nuggets have done this season, if maybe Denver plays its bench a tad bit more than a typical playoff team would. A lot of unknowns, like we've been talking about. All season long. You got a prediction for game one before we get out of here? 
I think I got a t- little too excited uh, when we were jumping off the last podcast. I think I said Nuggets by double digits. We were still basking in the glow of that uh, 15-0 run over the final four minutes of regulation against the Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. I was, still coming off of that high. I was definitely drunk off that. So I, I think the Nuggets are going to win this game. Uh, I think it'll be close, though. I've got the Nuggets by six. So I think that would make them cover if the line is still five, which is what it opened at. I'll take the Nuggets by six. Okay, I'm I'm taking the Nuggets straight up, but uh, five, that's a lot. All right. We'll see what happens in game one. Thanks for the questions, guys. 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call, of course. We'll be back with another episode on Monday, recapping game one of the Nuggets and Spurs first-round series. Talk to you then. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue